Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 873rd episode of Talking Metal. How are you? My name is Mark Striegel, and I got to tell you, we got a great guest on the show, Carl Kennedy and the stories, man, Dio, Billy Sheehan, The Rods. I mean, they just go on and on. Carl's got some great new music out. He's going to tell us all about it. So let's get into the episode as soon as possible. But first, let's say thanks to the people who make this episode and every episode of Talking Metal possible. I'm talking about the patrons on Patreon. Guys like uh, Tommy Anderson. Tommy, your T-shirt is on the way. It should uh, arrive to you in Norway, hopefully sooner than later. Steven Saylor. Thank you, Steven. I love texting with you, man. And I hope you're staying safe. You and your wife, I hope, are doing all right. Steven Rodriguez. Steve Hoker. My main dude over here in New Jersey, Steve Hoker. Um, just plain old Steven. We don't know his last name. Uh, and then Sam Soupy. Ron Keel, yes, that Ron Keel, Richard Langridge, Patrick Schwartzman, uh, Mr. David S. Gray, Mike Jones, the, who has a beautiful greyhound dog, uh, Mike Street, Metal Dan, Matt Carroll, Leo, I don't know your last name, it's, I call him Leo from Alaska, but it's like Leo Shabin, Shebin? If to let me know, Leo, and I will get to your request soon, I promise. Kenny McCrimmon, John Bavari, Johan Enderstrom, Joe Ryan, Jeremy Weltman, Jean Francois Blas, Jay Vaninsky, Jason Seth, Jason, no, 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 James Bennett, Gregory, just Gregory, no last name, Jerry from Long Island, Matt Rutz, Drake. Dan Gerwan, Chris Riley, Brad Dahl of Yarg Metal fame, and Anthony Mackey, Adam Marr. You guys all rock. Thank you. A great collection of uh, supporters, and, and you guys are awesome. So here we go. Carl Kennedy coming right up for you, and some great music from his career. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, 
and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids.
All right, Widowmaker, 1985. What a what a bass playing solo on that. Of course, that's Billy Sheehan. Who else could pull that that shit off, right? Widowmaker from 1985. Carl Kennedy on the drums on that one. That's off the Thrasher record. I guess Thrasher was like a project more than a band. And the album was called Burning at the Speed of Light, a lost metal classic, if you will. We're going to talk to to Carl about that and much more in just a bit. But right now, we have to play some classic music by the Rods, right? Because Carl, of course, most known for his work with the Rods. Going way back to 1982, this is Violation, again, by the Rods, featuring Carl Kennedy on the drums.
All right, we're going to continue celebrating Carl with a great interview from Carl in just a bit. But I did want to play a tune first, uh, non-Carl related. Uh, All right, so let's do this. I have so many requests from you guys, um, and I'm going to get to all of them, I promise. But this goes out to Tommy over in Norway. He is a new, uh, well, I I think he was with us on Patreon, and then he left, and now he's back. I I might be mixed up about that. I'm not sure, Tommy. But, man, you picked a great one. Stranger in a Strange Land. This is Iron Maiden for Tommy over in Norway.
a little maiden here on Talking Metal. Thank you so much to Tommy, who's over there in Norway, supporting Talking Metal on Patreon. I'd love it if you guys supported us uh, on Patreon. I'm talking to the people who currently don't support us on Patreon. If you can't do Patreon, you can always do a um, PayPal donation. We had John... uh, What's John's last name? We had John uh, Chandler recently hit us up with a PayPal donation. John, I appreciate that. Thank you. And yeah, you can find all the ways to support what I do on talkingrock.net. That's my website, talkingrock.net. Go there. There's Amazon links. You know, if you don't want to give a PayPal donation or join me on Patreon, you can always use our Amazon links to link through to Amazon and then you go about your shopping. There's no markup or anything like that. It's just an additional step of going to my site, talkingrock.net, before you go over to Amazon. So uh, I'd appreciate that. I'd love to have you read some of the articles we post on talkingrock.net. And the podcasts that we post there, there's a bunch of them. So, yeah, cool. Anyways, let's do this. Carl Kennedy has some great new music out, guys. And it is with uh, his band, Kennedy. You can check them out at KennedyBand.com. And you can also order the brand new record there. It's called Warrior. It is really good. I will say that when I interviewed Carl, I'd only heard the one song, Warrior, the title track. Since then, I've heard the whole album, and wow, it is amazing. We're going to start with a, a track off of that record, Not Even Love by Kennedy, brand new Kennedy, here on Talking Metal, followed by my interview with the man himself, Carl. I mean, if you don't know Carl, guys, this guy's legendary. It, it, I, I just sit there in awe doing interviews with him because he's got so many great stories, so much history. Uh, we're going to talk Overkill. I mean, you, you'll get a little bit of Metallica. You'll get Billy Sheehan. You get Ronnie James Dio, David Rocks, Feinstein, The Rods. There's so many great stories in this interview. One of my favorite interviews of, of the last few months, for sure. Here we go. Anyways, brand new Kennedy here on Talking Metal, followed by my interview with Carl Kennedy. This is Not Even Love.
an honor, a guy we haven't spoken with in at least, I think, two or three years. Carl Kennedy, known for his work with The Rods as well as many other bands and, and projects and stuff. And Carl, I just heard the new song Warrior by your solo project, solo band. Great stuff. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. I'm really proud of the album and uh, you know, I appreciate your support. It's, uh, you know, it's been a, I mean, we took quite a while to write the album and uh, now that it's finally out, uh, it's nice to get positive feedback because you never know, you know how that goes. You spend a lot of time and kind of in a bubble. So it's nice to see it surface. Yeah. Great music video for that. And you, the album is now out, right? It is. It's download only, but you can pre-order. So if you go to KennedyBand.com, C-A-N-E-D-Y, or Sleazy Rider, which Sleazy has an S in it, uh, you can pre-order the album, but you can pre-order it at KennedyBand.com. Awesome. Cool. And the album is Warrior, right? That's the name of the album. That's the album. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Cool. And we're going to play the title track off the record in just a bit here, guys. But let's talk about who joins you on this record. Some great sounding musicians. Let's start with a singer. Wow, what a voice. Mike is phenomenal. Um, You know, Mike Mike and Tony and Charlie have had a band for years called uh, Totally Lost Cause. And uh, Mike's a singer and was a singer in that band and uh he's just i they, they would tell me about mike but i uh, had no no clue about how great he was but he is fantastic and he delivers live he's uh you know not one of those guys who holds the mic out to the crowd for the chorus of the high parts he can't sing he right. can nail it right so yeah he's very talented and uh and tony we also have another and tony the bass player sings on hell ride and a couple of little spots uh as well does backups but uh Tony's got a killer voice, totally different from Mike's, but a great voice. So the band, you know, we're fortunate. We've got two lead singers, but one is, Mike is just a phenomenal singer. Absolutely. And where did you meet these guys? Tony and I, I met Tony because he joined a band. I've been playing with a local band called the Jeffrey James Band uh, for 22 years. And we... uh, Tony joined the band about six years ago. So Tony came into the band and Tony, you know, we always laugh about it in the band because Tony, when he was young, he was a kid, he heard black Sabbath. And then he went into a parallel music universe where he only listened to heavy music. And so in the, in this cover band, you know, we're like, Hey, Tony, we're going to learn. He didn't know any material. He had never heard these artists. He didn't know any of the songs. And uh, we would make a joke about, Hey, we're going to do a song by this band. You probably never heard of them, the Beatles because right. he literally just did not know, did not know anything that was pop. He just wow. stay, had great, great disdain for pop music and was only into really heavy stuff. So it's been a joke, but so playing with him, these guys were going to do a TV show and I guess they'd been rehearsing and the drummer was not able to really commit fully. So, they asked me to come in to do the TV show, which I did. It went well. We decided decided we would start writing some material, not really with an album in mind, just to start, you know, went well. So let's write. We all like to do original material. And from that, 
we would go to a recording studio here and uh, once a week as money we you know as many times a month as we can on a monday and you know maybe two times a month but we tried for all four and uh, over the course of a year and a half we wound up writing the album wow that's amazing and you said tv show were they starring in a tv show or scoring a tv show they were. What, what do you mean no they they were at a performance on a local tv show and I think they were doing three songs. And uh, so that's what I learned. And, and it went so well, we, that's how it happened. But they just, uh, they didn't have a drummer for the, the TV show. So I jumped in. Cool. And Carl, when you say local, uh, I know back in the day, you were always, I believe, upstate New York uh, when you were you mm-hmm. know, working with Anthrax and Overkill and producing all those great records. Where are you now? Are you still in that area? I'm actually about an hour and 15 minutes south, and I'm in Carbondale, but I'm in the Scranton area. Kennedy is based in, you know, Scranton. That's where I'm from. Okay. Or cool. where we're, so Pennsylvania. Where we are, where we're located now, yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. And once again, give us the website for Kennedy. Where is the best place for people to find out about the band, buy the record, and or the, at least the downloads and, and whatnot? It's C-A-N-E-D-Y band.com. And uh, you can get uh, all the info there, photos, lyrics, download the music. You can hear samples of the music um, and so on. Hear, read quotes from other musicians. So Right on. Well, was, uh, usually around this time of the interview, I ask you or whoever I'm interviewing, are you guys going to be doing any live dates coming up? But I guess we know because we're in the middle of this COVID-19 weirdness, hopefully past the middle of it, hopefully towards the end of it, at least uh, praying. But um, do you you envision once things are in the clear, like, I don't know, this fall or next year that you'd be out playing shows with Kennedy? Absolutely. I mean, that's been the goal. We were able to play one show and uh, and it went well, but uh, now we are kind of uh, destined to sit tight but we do have some big news to announce and uh, i can't announce it now but uh, it's in the works and we're going to be doing a you know a virtual a live virtual concert oh cool we'll be doing an internet internet show and uh, we're we're very excited about that Um, so that's going to be up you know coming up soon in the next probably I want to say the next four to six weeks we'll be doing that. Oh, okay, cool. That's awesome. And I suppose you'll put a press release out about that or something. Please let us we know. Will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll definitely... the hosting hosting party as well. We'll be putting it out. So people will definitely get the word out. Very cool. But it's exciting to at least know that we'll be able to get together and play. Now we're going to have to get together and put our masks on and go rehearse. Cool. Cool. Well, we need that mm-hmm. now. I mean, it's just without the the live concerts out there, these, uh, you know, performances by bands on the internet are definitely helping us get through this. So thank you in advance for doing that. I can't wait to uh, see it. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Thank you though, because doing what you do, that's, that's all there is now. And so it's more important than ever. So we thank you for the support. Oh, you bet. You bet. I mean, I've been a fan of the rods for many, many years and was excited to hear that you guys are working on a new record too. I think we're looking at what, 2021 release potentially. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And how far along are you guys uh, with it? I think we have, we've been sorting through tracks and we are, we have, I think two new originals. We're going to re-record two songs from our past. One that's a live song that we've never 
done a studio version of, and then another song that was on the Hollywood album. And we're looking at that as well. And so we're just basically going through and writing material now. So we're, we're moving on. Cool. And it is, believe it or not, it's 40 years since that. Uh, I mean, I knew it as the self-titled Rod's record, but I guess uh, Rock Hard was the, it was originally released as Rock Hard. It's been yes. 40 years since that record. Any years. memories people- of that, of going into the studio, working on that record, anything you could share about that time? Oh, absolutely. Mark, thanks for rubbing that in over and over. It's 40 <laughs> years. I mean, there are people listening who are, you know, weren't even born like, 25 years ago so but anyway um you know so it's uh it was it was an amazing time i mean it it was something that i don't know that bands today get to experience you know the camaraderie um we were in a band we weren't in several projects like everybody now is in several projects because each project or band gets the tour for a period of time and then there's downtime for the rest of the year so now unless you happen to be you know a major a-lister. So, so this case today, most musicians are in several bands or projects. Back then, it wasn't like that. You were in one band, you just played and played, and uh, you did every gig you could. And that's how it was for us. And the camaraderie was great. And we went to the studio and uh, in was in uh, Buffalo near Fredonia, and my friend Chris Bubach, who recorded the first Metallica, and you know, it's gone on to multi. Uh, gold and platinum uh, albums to his credit. But Chris was a student, so he would get free time. So we would play gigs and then we would drive six hours, whatever it took, if Chris had one day of studio time. And usually it was at night. So we would hang around all day. And then at night we would go in and we would try to record. And it was tough, but, and we were living on $5 a day and our bass player had to buy cigarettes out of that. Wow. So, you know, it was, it was, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was a very bare bones time. We all shared a, a room together with our road crew when we were on the road. Um, but you know, we were close and we, you know, we're all still close and it was an experience that was bonding. And when we went to the studio, Billy Sheehan had been recording with these guys and we didn't know Billy Sheehan. And I don't know if Talis was just forming then, but they were telling us about this bass player who played classical music on the bass. And we we're like, what? Yeah. You know, we didn't know how to, we didn't know how to spell classical. So we were like, wow, that is really cool. And uh, we're like, what? Somebody, you know, like a bass player playing classical music, kind of unheard of to us in the, you know, where we were coming from. And, uh, but they're telling us about this guy, Billy Sheehan. The guy's phenomenal. Oh, like, wow. So that was where I first heard about Billy. And uh, of course, everything they said was true, that he was that amazing. Yeah. And uh, la- later getting to work with him was just a thrill. He's so he really is as talented and he's as nice and down to earth as he is talented. And what did you work with so, Billy because, on? He did three tracks on the Thrasher album that Andrew Duck McDonald and I uh, wrote and, and recorded. So he came in and played on three tracks, I think, uh, Let's see. Oh, Burning at the Speed of Light was one of them. It just has this guitar-based dogfight in the middle that's just blazing riffs. And Billy was, Duck was giving it everything. And so was Billy. It was it was remarkable stuff. So anyway, it was it was a great time. And a lot of times when we go to Fredonia, it'd be freezing cold and wind blowing. And, but we never thought of it as uh, 
a problem. You know, we never, we never looked at it, even though they were looking back at it. Now, if you said here, here's five bucks, drive six hours, wait till 11 o'clock at night, set up and record for four hours. I would go, wow, really? Thanks. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. I wouldn't think about, think about things that way today. I would go, (laughs) yeah, okay. Right. But back then, you know, we were absolutely thrilled. We were we were writing music that uh, we were really happy about, um, and we just wanted to get it recorded. And you wanted to hear it coming back through the speakers, and so it was a thrilling time. And we'd only been together probably, I don't want to say three to six months before we hit the studio. Wow. David and I both, being song songwriters, we started putting together cover material, and we started writing original material, and that's how we went right to the studio and then playing live while we were emptying clubs. Um, it didn't really matter that we were slipping in one of our originals because people were running to the door uh, in terror and horror as it was. So they didn't, they didn't want to hear us. And so it didn't matter if we played an original or two. And eventually we started getting people who would stay. And then pretty soon we started adding more and more originals until that's all we played. But uh, it was an interesting time and a fun time. And you mentioned David Rock, Feinstein. Um, the Rock. The the Rock. <laughs> now, you guys, so he had, because he, 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 he played it with Elf, right? He was with Elf for a while? Yes, he was with Elf um, for years with Ronnie and, and the guys. Now, so did you and, know, like, were you familiar with Elf when you met, when I, you met David? I was. I was. David... I was in a band called Raw Meat, which had Dave Porter and Brian Miles, Joe Leo, uh, Mark, and why can't I think of his last name? He's actually passed away. Great keyboard player. But uh, Dave Porter was in that band. Dave Porter, his band, um, 805, with uh, Frank Briggs on drums, phenomenal drummer. Check out the drum school. Uh, Frank Briggs, he's a phenomenal drummer. Um, But 805 had a couple of, uh, you know, top 40 hits and uh, on RCA. Wow, so Dave cool. was in that band, Raw Meat. So even though it had the world's crappiest name at the time, you know, but we played the circuit all the, you know, I think it was the tri-state, like I think we were four states we toured. And uh, so we rehearsed, there was a finished garage and then Elf rehearsed in the house. So we, you know, the bass player in our band lived with the guitarist in Elf. So yeah, so we, so I knew the guys. I used to go see them prior to that. At high schools, and we go to high school wow. dances, and when people actually danced at a high school dance, and when Elf played, everybody was on the floor, nobody danced. It was a concert, and uh, so you know, I was, I knew the guys, and then Gary, the drummer in Elf, and Mark Nossif, they come out and watch me play with, uh, with my band and uh, with Raw Meat back then, and so we all knew each other, but. Um, Cool. And it was a great, that was a great time back then. You know, it was a, a lot of camaraderie as well with all the bands and the level of musicianship in upstate New York um, was amazing. And I think it all started from Elf and Ronnie. And, uh, but, you know, look at the bands, Manowar, Joe English was playing with McCartney. Uh, there's so many great musicians from that area in central New York. Absolutely. And was, was Ronnie James Dio, was he aware that, that the rods were recording like back at that time? I mean, he would have been in Sabbath, I guess in, in 1980. Was he, were you in touch with him at that time? You know, he and David were in touch somewhat. And yes, I, I remember reading something. I mean, he wasn't, 
we weren't like at that time, Ronnie was in LA. We were on the East coast. And so our paths never crossed. And uh, I did a festival in France and uh, Ronnie was performing in this trailer. Was, but I didn't go bother him because there were a lot of people and I hate bugging people. But uh, other than that, you know, we really didn't see him until later on, you know, right toward the, really toward the end when, when uh, David would go to California and write with Ronnie. And there was talk at the time before Ronnie's death of doing an elf reunion. They were in the process of working on material. And uh, it's, it's wow. so sad that Ronnie's gone. He had, he had a lot of things planned and unfortunately, uh, you know, like the old the old saying, life has a way of getting in the way of your plans. And right on. unfortunately, that's what happened. Wow. So, and... But him coming in to sing on, on a song that I'd written, The Code, and uh, Metal Will Never Die, you know, yeah. it was a career, career highlight for me because, uh, you know, it, it was kind of Ronnie Elf, that sound always in my DNA because, you know, I basically – you know, watch those guys when I was 17 or so. And then by the time I was 19, I was in raw meat and, you know, those guys playing, playing around with those guys and doing different dates and sometimes sharing that same club. And so it was Absolutely. great to have them come in and what, what a great guy. And, and that, that was on, what album was that on? That was on Ven, uh, Vengeance. Vengeance, mm-hmm. right, Vengeance. right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Vengeance. Yeah. yeah and Metal Will Never Die is on David's solo album, Bitten by the Beast. Okay. And, uh, that's actually going to be re-released, and uh, and I know that it's been picked up by a major label, and and I played drums on, uh, and Nate Horton played one track as well, um, on this album that David had written called "Hail and Farewell." That I think people are going to be blown away by when it, when it's released. It's a great album. It's a tribute to Ronnie and his time with Ronnie, and that's cool. just, it's a great album. Killer tunes. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. And another album that has an anniversary uh this this year 35 believe it or not your work with overkill on feel the fire mm-hmm. a very significant record i think that that history uh especially in thrash metal really really remembers that record quite a bit at least i do i think great stuff any memories of going into the studio with the the over overkill guys yeah i mean those guys were they were amazing. And of course that was the beginning of thrash, you know, that was the changing of the guard. And uh, so, you know, blitz was on 10, you know, he just, there was no doubt that the minute you put a mic in front of him, he was a star. There was just no, you know, was very evident. Um, you know, but Didi was such a great player and uh, rats such a good guy. And, you know, they were all great players. And so then the music was really cool and it was, it was fun to work with them. We had to do it quickly, but it was, I think it turned out to be a great album. And when you produced them, did, was there like restructuring of the songs? Like how did, what was your producing style with Overkill on that record? With Overkill, it was very quick. So my role was very minor and normally I try to spend a lot of time and make sure arrangements and tempos. In this case, I really didn't have a lot of input on arrangements for a couple of reasons. One was because of the timing, the length of time. We had very short, virtually no pre-production. And then secondly, because there was no reason for me to insinuate myself into the music because they had their shit together. It was, it was ready to go. I'll, you know, my job then was to capture that energy and get it to recorded. Cool. And are you still nowadays 
producing bands too? I mean, you have so much new music that you're doing with with Kennedy and the Rods. And I, last time we were talking with you about St. James. So I know you're producing a lot of your own music, but do you still have time to go into this studio and produce other artists? I, you know, I have worked with, um, it's actually, they're called Modern Ties now, but I produced Black Tie Stereo, which was the first uh, EP. So I've done that. And then uh, a year or so ago, I did a band held hostage with Joe Lynn Turner singing vocals. And I produced that and a couple tracks for them, which actually was on the ballot for a Grammy nomination. So, you know, I still really do wrong. what I pick and choose, you know, what I want to do. I have another band uh, project called the 450s, which, you know, won't be out until next year, but uh, mixed by Jack Douglas and Chris Collier. But wow. uh, so, yeah, so and and I just finished a drum track yesterday for Brad Sinsel and Bryn Aarons from TKO and and uh, their different projects. So and I have, you know, I'm doing tracks all the time, including my band from the 70s, Kalakas. We're still recording and we'll probably have a full length album at some point. So I stay busy. You know, <laughs> Beyond busy. Not, I mean, yeah. wow, my head's spinning with yeah. how much stuff you got going on. What about St. James? Yeah. Are, you, are you still doing stuff with them? St. James actually is has morphed into the 450s. Bob oh, okay. and Jim, the uh, two brothers, and then the singer from Young Turk, and then myself, and and uh, Ryan Sambrook, who's the keyboard player, who was was the keyboard player for Young Turk as well. Um, we've become the 450s and recorded an album in Miami over three sessions. So anyway, yes, yeah, so those guys, uh, you know, we have a new album with that. So those cool. are the St. James guys. And I think we have another... We have another... Uh, at least another album's worth of material that we're going to re-release St. James. Wow. And uh, that was an interesting thing that when it came time to assemble that, the guys were like, you realize that you played on every recording we've ever done. Like, no way. And I would hear stuff and I'd go, wow, that's a cool, cool groove on that track. And then they're like, yeah, that's you. I'm like, no way. It's not me. Cause they had, they were like spinal tap. They would bring in drummers and, they would implode. They would just explode or implode. Um, they never kept a drummer through a session. One guy was a gambling addict, brought a TV at a TV next to his drum set while he was placing bets on the phone with his mother on games. So they feel like, okay, yeah, you might want to go home and, and, uh, you know, work with your bookie rather than here. Another mm. drummer was just, uh, he got so sick. And I wound up having to do the whole drum track in like two hours, the whole album. Wow. Crimes of the heart. So, but anyway, um, in terms of today, you know, staying busy, but you know, the focus is really for me now is uh, I'm really proud of the album. I'm proud of the band. And it's, it's an interesting thing to actually be part of a band, uh, that can tour and, you know, we have a new album out and it's, it's, it's kind of fun for me in a way because it's a different type of music than I've been doing. And it's also something I'm proud of. And it's kind of, and it's starting over. So I really like that. I like the, uh, the challenge of that and, uh, you know, trying to get the word out and it keeps things interesting for me. Right on, Carl. Well, last question. As a young teenage boy, I remember going into the the record stores in the in the town, uh, a couple towns over actually from where I lived in the Chicago suburbs, and we just flipped through the metal section. And one album cover that always jumped out at us, and we originally uh, or eventually ended up buying strictly because of the the album cover was "Let Them Eat Metal" by The Rods. What a what a classic mm-hmm. album cover! Kind of 
any any stories you can share on that yeah. album cover? I I certainly can. Um, not that I should, but I certainly can. Um, and by the way, Legions of Metal would have been this weekend were it not for the pandemic. Oh wow! So we the rods were rods were headlining Friday. And oh, for the legions of metal and then of course our good friends uh, in exciter were doing headlining saturday night so it was really uh, yeah it's a shame yeah so but anyway let them eat metal was my friend sherry who's on the cover uh, we're talking of course it's such a spinal tap album cover and uh, but sherry and i were talking we're like let them eat metal and we're like what can we concept it and i go hey sherry you know it'd be cool to have a woman with like a a metallic dildo, right? You know, like let them eat metal, like like the the idea. You know, we're, of course, it's crude and lewd, and we're talking and we're joking around. And she says, "I have one." Like, no way. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, because back like now, you can go to Adam and Eve, and you can pretty much, you know, I could, it could be something in, you know, my shape or whatever. You could build your right, own. Right. But back back then, having some kind of shiny dildo like that or a vibrator. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. So anyway, that's how the idea came across and that, you know, came about and she was all up for it. So I, I couldn't attend that photo shoot. I was, we were playing or something, but uh, she comes back and tells me the story, how the person who, um, Asif, I think is his name. It's Dana Merker. Who's done a lot of Rod's photo shoots, great photographer. Dana actually became part of that studio. And I believe Dana was there, but it was, um, Asif, I think was his name, but he was quite elderly and he was the photographer. And she said, so I show up, she had some bruises on her legs and, um, and she had panties. And of course she had a hole in them and didn't realize. And she goes, the guy's taking my picture. And I realized, and it was nothing I could do. And, uh, she said, it was just and the poor guy. She goes, there's this old kind of decrepit old man taking a photo right, of back right. cover. And, uh, you know, so she said it was uh, pretty wild. And uh, for the poor guy, who was probably not thinking poor guy. The guy was thinking, oh, this is pretty cool. You know, I'm still taking some cool shots here in my old age as I retire because he was retiring and Dana was taking over. Yeah, well, I have to so, tell you, it definitely but, uh, to a lot of teenage boys back in back in the '80s, like absolutely. myself, that definitely yeah. uh, I don't know what the word was made an impression on us. So yeah, yeah good so stuff. It was, and it was on the. Uh, Phil Donahue, the PMRC. Um, remember all of that? Uh, oh, yeah. The whole putting stickers out, right? So it was on Phil Donahue and holding it up as an example of, you know, what's killing America's youth, you know, what's, uh, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Corrupting yes. you know, America's youth, that, that cover. But, uh, you know, it was cool. And if I'd been a little younger, I would have been happy to be corrupted by that. Absolutely. We were all happy to be corrupted by the rods for sure. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. Uh, I think this is my third time interviewing you over the past probably 10 years or so. And it, you always have such great stories and it's always a pleasure to talk with you. And thank you uh, for making new music for us and for all the music that you've given us through the years. And there's been a lot of it. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. Mark, thank you so much. And thanks for supporting the Kennedy album. Really appreciate it. You bet. We're going to check it out right now. We're going to play the song Warrior, the title track off the Kennedy record right now here on Talking Metal. I was a warrior of a
Warrior by Kennedy here on Talking Metal. Thanks to Carl for joining us and talking with us and giving us another great interview. I appreciate it, Carl. And what should we do to take us out? One more request. I got so many of these things. Let's see. I'm going to do something selfish, which I shouldn't do because I, I know I owe you guys a bunch of requests that you've you've submitted to me, and I will get to those in a future episode. But I, just, I, I love this song. I just want to end with it. It's uh, Enough by the band Level Fields here on Talking Metal. Again, that's Level Fields, two words. Check them out on, on your favorite streaming services. They're great. The song is called Enough. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time.
constantly be talking about our differences as human beings, instead of focusing on the fact that we are all human beings. We're all in this together, and we should be focusing on the fact that at the core, we are all the same. All the same.